How are you all doing tonight? Have you enjoyed the rain? It finally rained. We had, uh, I don't know, two and a half inches at our house in the last week. So it's good to have that, man. God's watering the earth. Hallelujah. Um, anyway, we have, um, of course, a class going on out in the foyer. But uh, you're in here with me tonight. So we're just going to uh, open the Word of God and... I was going to tell you, if you didn't pick up a worksheet there out in the foyer, Al has got some here, and Brent, so if you need one, you can just raise your hand. This is just an outline to kind of give you something to write notes on if you want to. Um, no heavy heavies, it's just um, some people like to make, take notes, some people don't. But anyway, uh, you're welcome to do that. We're going to be talking about uh, wisdom tonight. Um, and... You know, it, this is a, um, a very interesting subject that I've always had a lot of interest in because wisdom opens the door for many things. And uh, I think as a church, um, God has given us the opportunity to walk in wisdom. You know, we can receive the wisdom we need through the Word of God. So um, that's what we're going to be talking about um, I don't know about you, but speaking for myself, there's been times when I could have used a little more wisdom, amen? And uh, um, a few years ago, I taught on this subject. Um, it was a class that we did called The Beauty of Wisdom, The Power That Changes the World. And um, we, we found out a lot of things that we didn't ever really think about before, how important the wisdom as God is into our, in our lives, and especially uh, with the things that we're facing nowadays. Because there isn't any, very little wisdom out in the world, if you haven't noticed. Um, in fact, it's quite the opposite. So let's, uh, let's pray first, because I'm going to need some wisdom in order to get what I think God has given me and put it in a way that you can understand. So let's just go before him in prayer. Father, we just thank you again for this time that we get together together. And I just ask, Father, that you would open up hearts and minds to receive tonight. Father, I thank you for the, the uh, ability to declare what it is you have put in my heart, Father, so people can understand it. I trust in your Holy Spirit, Father. I trust in your anointing. I trust in your presence here tonight, Father, to help us, Father God, grasp what it is you would have us to, to learn. And we give you praise and honor for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so um, there is power in wisdom, okay? And it's the power that can change the world, but it not only can change the world, it can change your world if you, if you adhere to wisdom. Um, Jesus is our example on how to walk in wisdom. In Matthew 7, 29, it says that the people were astonished, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. You know, the scribes of the day were supposed to be the smart people, but the people noticed a drastic difference on the way Jesus taught compared to how the scribes taught. You know, they taught, you know, out of head knowledge. Jesus taught out of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. 
He says, I don't say anything, I don't hear the Father say, I don't do anything, I don't hear the Father do. So he, he taught out of the wisdom that he received through the Holy Spirit from God. Um, but, you know, I also, tonight I wanna talk about that there are different levels of wisdom. There's different, um, there's different levels that we can acquire to go, to go from where we are to a, to a step in the right direction to a higher wisdom. And the first one that we have um, is, is just talking about humanistic wisdom or human reasoning, which I kind of hesitate to really call wisdom at all because um, human reasoning is, um, it's really just about our five senses. Um, you know, it's, it's, it adheres to what we can come up with ourselves. You know, and that's usually, that's usually uh, directed by our five, five senses. In other words, it's very humanistic in nature. Uh, and in most cases, it's completely void of the heart and mind of God. You know, and that's what the world pretty much runs on. You know, it's, uh, if, if they think it's right, then it must be right, you know, and they'll argue their case. But unless we go take whatever we think is true and pass it through the filter of God's word and through the, and through the Holy Spirit that lives within us, we can get off course. So it's important that we do that. Um, you know, and human, human reasoning is almost always self-serving. It's almost always self-serving. It's about self, you know. It's about uh, advancing self. It's about um, protecting oneself. It's about self-interest. And, you know, we see that in, in the world today. In Proverbs 3, 7, it tells us, it says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Because, you know, people can get what they think is wise in their own eyes, and they end up being blinded by their own ignorance, yes, and by their own uh, stubbornness. So we, we don't wanna be blind in our own eyes. And in 1 Corinthians 3, 19 and 20, it says, for, for the wisdom of this world, talking about human reasoning, is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise, or those that think they're wise, um, in their own craftiness or in their own ignorance. So, you know, just because so-and-so said so doesn't mean it's true. You know, I look at, you know, a lot of what the science community says and what the politicians say, what the news media says, and, you know, it's all bias. You know, it's all directed in what they, th they want you to believe. And I'm not, I'm not speaking against all science. Science has done some wonderful things. But, you know, when they start telling me something that happened 300 million years ago, that's a little above their pay grade. You know what I'm saying? They weren't here 300 million years ago, but God was. So it's important that we, do, we don't just swallow everything that we hear in the world today because a lot of it is false, okay? Then in James 3, we're gonna be going through a lot of scripture tonight, I didn't tell you that, but um, I'd rather you hear what God has to say about this subject than what I have to hear about it. So 
or say about it. So we're going to be going through a lot of scripture. And um, if you don't have time to look these up, you can just you know write them down and look them up later, or look on the board if it's up there. So then in James three thirteen and eighteen, it, it describes the vast difference between this kind of humanistic reasoning and the reasoning that is from above or the reasoning that is from God. And as we read that, it says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, carnal, and demonic in nature. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing is present. So this is the Bible's description of just human reasoning or you know, uh, man's opinion when it's contrary to what the Word of God says, all right? So now let's look at the, the other side of the coin. Starting in verse 17, it says, but the wisdom that is from above. Say that with me. The wisdom that is from above. Amen. Is first pure. Then it is peaceable. It's gentle. It's willing to yield. Wow, that don't sound like anything I hear on the news media anymore. It's willing to yield. It's full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So we can see that there is a drastic difference between human reasoning and the wisdom of God. It's like night and day. It's opposite sides of the coin. And um, so as believers, as Christians, we don't want to adhere to what the world is, is, is adhering to. You know, the Bible says that we are in this world, but we are not to be of it. And, you know, I think a lot of times we take that, that scripture and we think, well, that means we don't, you know, indulge in sinful acts that the world indulges in. Well, yeah, it does mean that, but it means a lot more than that. It also means that we don't think like the world. We don't walk to the same beat of the drum. We, we have a different course. That's why Jesus said, come out from amongst them and be thou separate. In other words, we're not to think like the world. We're not to act like the world. We're not to believe or use the same systems that the world uses to come up with an answer because there's a better way, amen? There's God's way. You know, verse 13 said, let our works be done in meekness of wisdom. You know, we have to remain humble to be able to be teachable. You know, if you're not humble, you're not teachable because um, we all need to learn. We all have things that, that we don't know. You know, we know in part, we act in part, but God is all-knowing. You know, he knows the end from the beginning. So um, James 4 also goes on to say that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So that's why it's important that if we're going to receive his grace, if we're going to receive his wisdom, 
which is his grace. It's unmerited. But if we're going to receive that, we have to remain humble. Amen? Okay. The next one on your little worksheet is called Common Sense. And um, there's a saying. In fact, I think my grandfather used to say this to me. He'd say, Tommy, common sense ain't near as common as it once was. And it's like, you're right, it's not, you know. Uh, what a lot of people, you know, uh, used to all know, now has become much more rare, you know. And, um, but you know, if you push God and his word out of your life, eventually you're gonna go stupid, you know. And that's what we're seeing. Like they, The world pushes it out of our government, they pushes it out of our schools, it pushes it out of our universities. And after a while, um, you know, mankind will self-destruct without the influence of God and his word in their lives. Eventually, it's not if, it's when. Not when, yeah, it's not if, it's when. See if I said that backwards. But you know, man is not designed to live apart from God and his word, amen? So we, we have to have God in his word in order to have the wisdom and knowledge of God in our, our lives and our hearts. You know, we have people in places of government and leadership and sitting on the benches of our judicial system that can't even tell you what a woman is. You know, they can't even tell you what a woman is. And some of them are women. You know, and that, that tells you how far that the humanity has drawn back from the wisdom of God. You know, it, it's like they're in a smokescreen. You know, they, they don't know up from down. But it's important that this, as a child of God that we do not allow ourselves to use that same humanistic system to come to the, the right answers and to solve the problems in our life because there's a much better way and it's called the Word of God and it's called the Holy Spirit that lives within you. He is our guide, okay? I believe, you know, I do believe that common sense is a given, kind of like the Bible says that he gives us the measure of faith I believe he also gives humanity a, a certain amount of common sense, but just because it's been made available doesn't mean people are going to use it. It doesn't mean they're gonna walk in it. If the God of this world has blinded the minds of those that don't believe, so they're walking blind uh, to the truths of God's word, and they, don't, they are not even familiar with the Holy Spirit that, that lives within us. So that's what we see, why we see what we see. Um, common sense, if applied, will begin to steer you away from just basic human reasoning. It's the first step in the right direction, you know, and you will begin to question the status quo, no longer willing to just follow the crowd, but instead carefully analyzing your steps. You know, that's, that's what common sense will start to do. It will start to move you away from human reasoning and towards the wisdom of God. So, so we can grow in wisdom. You know, that's, that's encouraging. We, you know, we don't, if, we, if we want more wisdom, if we feel like we're lacking in wisdom, you know, we can grow in wisdom. This is an amazing verse here. It says, it's Luke 2, 52. And it's speaking of Jesus in his youth. And it says, and he, Jesus, increased 
in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus increased in wisdom. That's amazing. You think about that. You know, you might think, well, you mean he wasn't born knowing it all? He was the son of God. No, he wasn't. And we're not born knowing it all either, you and I. So as he increased in wisdom, if he increased in wisdom, we need to increase in wisdom, amen? So, so it's a process. You can grow in wisdom. Um, you know, we should be able to look in our rearview mirror of say two years ago or three years ago or certainly five years ago and see progress in this area and see that we have, we have moved from where, where we were to where we are now. Um, but th the, first sense, the first step in doing that is to embrace common sense. You know, just for an example, so a few examples, you know, don't, don't run up a big bill on your credit card. That doesn't make common sense. You know why? You're paying 18 to 20% to pay it off. That item that you thought you had to have, you might, have to, you might end up paying for it twice by the time you get it paid off. Those are common sense things. Don't fly down the highway texting on your cell phone. Have anybody ever done that? You know, those are common sense things that God gives us, you know, that not only can be beneficial, but in some cases can save your life. You know, if you, if you, if you guys, you know, I know most of them are out there, but if your wife asks you, does this outfit make me look fat? The answer is no, it doesn't if you have any common sense, all right? All right, so, so common sense will keep you out of a lot of trouble. Um, did you ever do something really stupid when you're a young person, or maybe even when you weren't, uh, when you were a kid and your parents found out about it? I know I have, more than once, <laughs> you know, and what was those four words that they said that you always dreaded to hear? What were you thinking? You know, they look you in the face and say, what were you thinking? And the reason they did that, because they thought they surely had put enough common sense in you that you wouldn't do, anything, do something that stupid. And they did do what they were supposed to do, but that didn't, it didn't always work, right? We still did things that we shouldn't have done. I know I did, more than once. So, okay, how are we doing? We're doing good. Okay, the third thing here on your sheet is wisdom through experience and teaching. Now we're going up higher yet. This is wisdom through experience and teaching. This can be wisdom that you've accumulated over time or it can be wisdom that is passed down from one generation to the next. Um, I was very fortunate as a young person to have a dad and my grandfather on my mom's side that, um, that had a lot of common sense. They both did. They had a lot of wisdom, you know, and it saved me from a lot of headaches in life. It might actually even save my life, I don't know. But these two men in my life instilled just a lot of plain common sense and godly wisdom. And I am beyond grateful for what they instilled in my 
life because I, I think about where I would be if they hadn't done that. You know, and I think about, you know, what it would have cost me had I had not received that wisdom and that knowledge from them. Uh, I can't even count how many thousands and thousands of dollars that by, by them putting wisdom in my mind, in my heart, um, that it saved me. You know, my dad was meticulous at teaching me how to take care of my things. And um, by doing that, you know, I think about over my adult life how much money that has saved me because he taught me how to take care of my things. You know, not to be possessive or anything, but just if, if you spent your money on it, it's worth taking care of. That was a valuable thing. It's a very simple thing, but I, I look at people nowadays and I realize how many people don't have that. They were never taught to do that. And um, I'm grateful that I was. So let's look at, uh, let's look at Proverbs 4, 3, three through 7. Um, this is Solomon. He's kind of describing what I'm, what I'm telling you. It's Solomon talking about his father, David. And, um, you know, rehearsing what his father, David, had instilled in him, just like I was talking to you about my dad. And it says, starting in verse three, it says, when I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, let your heart retain my words. In other words, listen up. Keep my commandments and live. Then he makes the statement of five. Get wisdom. Then he says it again. This is exclamation mark. Get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, speaking of wisdom, and she will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. In all you're getting, get understanding. You know, so you can see Solomon was considered the wisest man in the world, but we don't ever really talk about why he chose to ask God for wisdom. It's because his father instilled in him the need. You're gonna need this. You're gonna need wisdom. You're gonna need understanding. You're gonna sit on this throne someday and you're gonna wish you had this if you don't have it. So he instilled in his son, Solomon, the need for wisdom and understanding and, and not to settle for anything else, all right? So, you know, in verse seven, he said, wisdom is the principal thing. In all you're getting, get understanding. Okay, let's unpack this for a minute. Explanation. Wisdom is learning the ways and the heart and the mind of God. Learning his ways, learning the heart and the mind of God. And how do we do that? Through his word. You can learn the heart and the mind of God through his word. So that's where we start. That's wisdom. That's, in, that's containing wisdom. Understanding is knowing how you need to apply those ways 
and his thoughts to your personal life. You know, he said get wisdom and, and in your getting also get understanding. So it's not only to get wisdom, we have to understand how to use it. We have to understand how to apply it. Um, it's a rev revelation of wisdom that you have to receive. Wisdom will do you no good without application. If you don't have, if you don't apply what you've learned, it just, it's just sits on the shelf, all right? You know the truth, but it's the truth that you know in your heart that sets you free. So you have to have application in order to, for wisdom to do you any good. It's like money in the bank. You know, you can have a lot of money in the bank, but if you don't ever make a withdrawal, then you're not ever gonna have use of it. It's just gonna sit there and collect, right? So, so we need to apply what we've learned through, in wisdom through the Word of God in order to, uh, to make that applicable for our lives. Um, in Proverbs 4, he goes on saying, <clears throat> 4, 10, and 12, he says, Hear, my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. I have taught you in the way of wisdom, and I have led you in right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered, and when you run, you will not stumble. You know, wisdom will keep you from stumbling, you know, and tripping over things that, um, that, you, that the devil put in your path, basically. If you, you know, he's, he's endeavoring to trip you up, you know, and to entice you to make mistakes. Um, you know, I think when Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness, you know, the devil was trying to uh, get him to, to sin or to violate his heart. And what did Jesus do? He kept speaking the word. Because the word is truth. And, and the devil cannot, he cannot combat with the word of God. The word of God will always defeat him. But you have to know that in your own heart. You have to have that planted in your own heart that seed has to take a root in your own heart for it will ever do you any good. And then you have to apply it. So, um, the fourth thing, the, the on your list there, on your worksheet, and this is the most important one that I wanted to get to, and that's godly wisdom, or God's insight. This is the highest level of wisdom. This is, as believers, this is the one we need to depend upon. You know, because it's available to every believer. Did you know that? It is available to every believer. You know, sometimes we look at other people, um, our peers and stuff, and they think, oh, God's, they've got so much godly wisdom. Well, there's no corner on the market, you know. You can have as much wisdom as you're willing to seek, you know. The Bible says, he who seeks will find, he who knocks the door will be open." So God is no respecter of person. It's just um, it's how important it is to us. It's how, how much we're willing to seek it out and to know, like Solomon was, okay? Um, you know, God, God's wisdom is the answer to every question and it's the solution to every problem. It's the answer to every question and the solution to every problem. So, you know, it's a desirable thing to have. You know, and we all know James 1.5. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all 
liberally. He gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. So we can see that this person, that God's not withholding anything. He's willing to give to all liberally if we're willing to ask for it, if we're willing to seek it. Amen? So we can see that God's words instructions instructs us that we need wisdom concerning anything that we can ask and will give it to us liberally. But how often do we ask? That's the question. How often do we ask? God's wisdom really starts with a holy reverence and respect for God and his word. You know, um, that's why the world is in the dark, because they don't have that. They don't have respect for God or his word. You know, so, it, so the God of this world has blinded their minds so they cannot see the truth. You know, the Bible calls, you know, respect and honoring God the fear of the Lord. You know, and it's not, a, it's not what we think is fear, is fear of God, but it's a fear of being away from God. It's fear of not knowing the heart of God. Because, you know, if we're away from God, if we don't know God, then we're, we're no better off than the world is. We're just walking in the dark. So the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. All right, so we have to make God's word and, and his will has to have the rightful place in our heart. It has to be first. You know, we can't, um, we can't put God on, on second place or third place. God's word and his will in his heart has to, be, has to be found first place in our life. You know, that's, where, that's why David was chosen to be king, because he was a man after God's own heart. You know, all his brothers looked more kingish than he did, right? He was just this ruddy 16-year-old boy, you know, with red hair. At least that's the way it's been described. But, but God wasn't looking at the outside. He was looking at his heart. And he knew that David was, was a man after his own heart. In other words, he was a young man that was willing to seek um, the wisdom of God, to willing to walk in his ways, uh, willing to, sh- to shed the things of this world and stand true to his God. And that's why David was chosen to be king. That's why he was given the wisdom in, that he had. Proverbs 9, 10, and 11 tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me your days will be multiplied and the years of your life will be added to you. So we can see that godly wisdom is the counsel of God. You know, he sees what we cannot see and he knows what we do not know. And... um, I don't know about you, but that actually gives me comfort because I know I don't know everything and I know I can't see everything, but I know he can. And so all I have to do is rely on knowing his word and having a close relationship with him to where I can know his voice. You know, um, he says, this is the way. If you hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. You know, and I think about how many times that he has guided me 
around things that would not have been beneficial to my life. You know, that would have been contrary to his will and would not have been beneficial to my life. But you have to have that close relationship with him to where you can hear his voice in order to, um, to, to uh, not stumble over those things. Amen? We have to know his mind and his thoughts and his will on any manner. Um, so, well, I want to talk a little bit. I can't talk about wisdom without talking a little bit about Solomon. And what I'm going to read to you here or just explain to you here is in chapter 3 of 1 Kings. And in this story, um, David had already passed away. David's uh, life was over. He had been king over Israel for 40 years. You know, he brought up this son Solomon. He had taught him and instructed him. And now this young man was going to have to fill his dad's shoes. You know, and in this passage of scripture, this story, Solomon is starting to feel a little bit overwhelmed, which, you know, think about if you were in his place, you probably would too. Here's this young man, you know, his, his uh, security blanket is gone, which is his father, that he's always known, and now he has to step into his dad's shoes and be king and ruler over this, not over a town or a city, but an entire nation. And he's starting to feel a little bit overwhelmed. So, so God appears to him, you know, in a dream. And in this dream, God appears to him and says, ask me, what shall I give you? And I think that's, I find that kind of almost humorous that, because God knows what Solomon is going through, right? He's, he, he knows everything. He knows that Solomon is, is really struggling with this task that's been set before him. But he asked him, what shall I give you? And so Solomon, feeling the pressure of the moment, says in verse seven, he says, Lord, he says, I am but a child. Now he's not a child, but he's feeling like one. You know, he doesn't know, he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know how he's gonna handle this responsibility that he's been given. So he says, Lord, I am but a child. I don't know how to go out or how to come in. In other words, he's saying, I'm in over my head here. You know, I am in over my head, and I need your wisdom. I need your understanding. I need discernment to lead and rule over this nation of people. I need, is what he's saying. You know, have you ever felt that way before? Have you ever went before God and said, God, I need, I need. You know, and if you've ever raised teenagers, you'd probably say, yeah, I've, I've been there. Okay, so, so the Lord said to him, let it be according to your request. In other words, um, God knew what he wanted, but he wanted Solomon to ask for it. He wanted Solomon to ask for it. Um, and that's the same with us. You know, he says, ask and you will receive, that your joy may be full. So he, he wanted to hear Solomon ask for it. So he says, let it be according to your request. I will give you a wise an understanding heart, and he did. You know, Solomon is labeled as a, the wisest man that ever lived. But you know, I like to look at what 
I want to look at what Solomon was asking for. What Solomon was asking for was basically a personal hotline into the very heart and mind of God. And um, this was not normal for a king in the Old Testament. Um, normally they had to acquire from the prophet if they wanted to hear from God. You know, um, but Solomon, you know, he's asking the Lord, he's saying, no, I, I don't want a middleman. I want you just to download your thoughts, your discernment, and your direction in my mind. You know, that's the only way I'm going to know how to govern this people, to lead this nation. I have to hear from you directly. And um, Solomon is really asking for something ahead of his time. But God granted it to him. You know, God was impressed that he didn't ask for long life or that he didn't ask for the death of his enemies or that he didn't ask for riches and wealth. Instead, he asked for something for the nation that he had to lead, and that was to have the mind of, of God, to have God's wisdom, to have God's discernment. And God was so impressed with that, he said, all right, you can have it. So he gave it to him, even though at that time, God, used, God seldom spoke other than through the prophets. So Solomon was really ahead of his time. So, but the thing is, um, what Solomon was asking for and what Solomon received is available for the New Testament church right now. We, we can have what Solomon had. You know, we can have a direct hotline to the heart and mind of God because we have the Holy Spirit living within us. He, he dwells within us. God's Spirit lives within us, and He has a voice, right? He has a voice, and if we will learn to tune our spiritual ears to the voice of God, we also can have wisdom. If we learn to study the Word of God and to, to apply the Word of God to our hearts and our minds, we can also have that same wisdom that Solomon had, amen? But we have, to, we have to be willing to do that. You know, Jesus said in John 16, 13, he's speaking to his disciples, he said, when he, the Holy Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak his own, of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He's talking to his disciples, he's talking to the church there. He's saying, you know, after the, after the Holy Spirit comes, everything's going to change. You know, you're going to have basically a connection with God through the Holy Spirit. You're going to have a connection of the mind of God, of the heart of God, and the will of God through the Holy Spirit that lives within you. You know, and I'm sure this was a new thing for the disciples I'm, I'm, um, that they had never heard before. You know, the Apostle Paul makes this statement in Ephesians 1, 17 through 19. He says, I keep praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. You know, Paul wouldn't have been praying for God to give this, this group of people the spirit of wisdom and revelation unless, and the knowledge of him unless it was possible, right? He, Paul wouldn't have been praying for something that wasn't possible to attain. But he's saying, I'm praying that the spirit of wisdom, which is the Holy Spirit, right, 
and, the, and revelation, which is understanding and knowledge of him be applied to you. So we see by this prayer that, that we have access to this if we're willing to utilize it. Um, in 18, it says that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So, you know, he is willing to unfold to us and to enlighten us the hope and the calling that, that he has for us. And that truly is riches. It truly is rich. Um, and we have an inheritance as saints that the world does not have. And we, we, we do really truly do need to utilize that. You know, so kind of in closing this up, I'm tooting my first horn anyway. Proverbs 2, 6 and 7 says, For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. Do we have any upright? Yes. Yes, we are the righteousness of God. He stores up wisdom for the upright, and he is a shield to those that walk uprightly. You know, wisdom will shield you from things that can harm you. Amen? It will shield you from the, the lies and the schemes of the enemy if you have wisdom. So it's an important thing, and um, I hope that, you know, as we go on, that, that, that you will, if you haven't, I mean, some of you I know have walked in wisdom for decades. But, you know, uh, maybe as a young person or whatever, that this hasn't been something that you've really uh, put a lot of effort toward. You know, maybe you've relied more on your parents to help you navigate through life, and that's fine. That's what they're there for. But sooner or later, we all have to develop our own criteria of what we're gonna run our lives by. And I pray that you'll run, that you will uh, steward your life toward wisdom and understanding that comes from the Word of God and comes from the, direct, the direction of the Holy Spirit that lives within you. Amen? All right. Um, let me see if I have anything else. Embracing wisdom will set a course for victory and blessing in your life. Amen? It will set a course for victory and blessing in your life. Um, I love Jeremiah 33.3. It's one of my favorite verses. It says, call to me. It's the Lord speaking. He says, call to me and I will answer you. And I will show you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. That's pretty heavy. I will show you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. You know, I think it's interesting that that verse has the word unsearchable. When something's unsearchable, then that means you can't find it on your own, right? I mean, you can grow up through life trying to find it on your own. You're not going to find it. Because, you know why? Because it's in the Lord's hands. He has it. And he gives it to those who ask for it. And that's wisdom. All right? So, anyway, 
I thank you for coming tonight. Uh, we are going to take up an offering before we go. Uh, the ushers want to get ready for that. And I do want to pray over what we talked about tonight. And I'll pray over the offering at the same time. But um, be encouraged and uh, seek wisdom, seek understanding. Amen? All right, Heavenly Father, we just thank you again for tonight. We're so grateful. Father, for your word. We are so grateful, Father God, that, Father, you do not leave us as orphans. Father, we are not groping in the dark like the world is because you have sent your Holy Spirit to live within us. You have given us your word as an instruction manual, Father God. You have given us your word for wisdom. You have given us your Holy Spirit for understanding. And Father, I just pray that each and every one here tonight will just glean off of those two things, Father, that we will not, Father God, shrink back, Father, but that we will move forward in greater wisdom and greater understanding of your word, of your will, for each and every one of us, Father. We thank you, Father, for blessing us with, with such treasure as wisdom and understanding, Father. And we thank you that we can grow in that, that we can continue, Father God, moving up higher, until we get to the godly wisdom that you desire for us. And we thank you, Lord. And we ask your blessing on the offering tonight, Father. We thank you, Father God, that, that our barns are full. I thank you, Father God, that the needs of this church is met. Father God, that we are not lacking in anything because of your grace, Father, because of your blessing upon this church, upon this family of believers. Father, we just give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, guys.